Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. Hey, you guys, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. So last week was my birthday, which I probably already told you because I like telling people it's my birthday. I feel kind of weird when I do that, but I feel like it would be even weirder if somebody found out via like the Facebook or an email that it was my birthday and I had seen them and I didn't say anything. So that's why I tell people it's my birthday. Plus, we all like to be a little bit celebrated from time to time and a birthday is a good day for that. So on my birthday, I always try to make a little space to be reflective. And I feel like I'm always restarting and dreaming and, you know, figuring out what my next steps are going to be. But there's a couple key times in the year that that really feels like it's amplified for me. And my birthday is definitely one of them. And so this idea for this episode came on my birthday. We pulled aside the episode we were going to put live. This one's a little bit different. I think you're going to like it. I hope you're going to like it. Um, But I thought it would just be a way to sort of share a little bit differently about me. I feel like I tell the same stories a lot, and this is kind of a different story. So nine years ago, you've heard this story before, um, I hit a wall. I was exhausted. I was uninspired. I was fat, and I was basically just a workaholic mom of three kids under five. I'm not sure how my husband put up with that. It was pretty bad. And one day, this is the story I tell quite frequently, so I'm not going to dwell on this part, but I just want to share this one day. I was sitting at my desk at work at the time I owned a graphic design company. I've always been somewhat of an entrepreneur. And on this day, it was about 2 p.m., and I had gotten into the habit of going home early. I I had young kids, and we had a babysitter, and she watched them while I worked. And on this day, by 2 o'clock, I had had close to seven cups of coffee. It was like six or seven. And I know this because all the coffee cups that I had purchased were sitting right next to me. So not only was this not the most financially lucrative decision, it was also just such a visualization of how out of control everything had gotten. And I just remember looking at these cups of coffee and thinking, I thought coffee was supposed to give you energy. That's what everyone says. That's what all the media says. And here I am, it's two o'clock. I've had six or seven cups and I am absolutely exhausted. So what has happened over the past eight years since that day has been kind of unbelievable to me around my health, happiness, family, spirituality, work. I feel like my whole life has really shifted and changed. Now, not every day is unicorns and rainbows, but I feel like I feel deeply happy and fulfilled at my core, even on those bad days, in a way that I haven't been before I changed my food. And later, I added in a lot of ritual, nourishing rituals 
that sort of followed from the food that make up my day. And I feel like I've learned three really important lessons, and that's what the gist of this podcast is going to be about. So number one, I realized that it really all starts with me, but I can't do this alone. And when I was sitting at that desk eight years ago, I was totally trying to do it all alone. Number two, I have a lot to learn. I have learned so much in the past eight years, and I feel like there's still more to learn. And the bulk of this podcast is going to be me sharing a lot of what I have learned over the past eight years. And what I figured out when I realized I had a lot to learn is that there's plenty of mentors, teachers, coaches out there who can help me. And number three, I learned that accountability from peers makes a big difference, that there's other people out there on a path of improving themselves, making themselves better in their personal life, in their marriages, in their work, in their businesses, and that having those people by my side, having accountability with those people is huge. So I wanted to give you guys a high-level picture of my journey and share with you some of the big lessons that I have learned, and we're going to hear two of those from the people who I learned them from slash with. So I'm really excited about this episode. Some of the other people that I'm going to talk about and share with you have been on the podcast, so I will mention those people as too. I'll mention that they were on the podcast, and you can go see their episodes, listen to their episodes, not see their episodes, listen to their episodes as well. So I'm not sure if nine years ago, because it was new to me, that the world of personal development was, I don't know if it was as big as it is now. I think I'm imagining it's grown, but it's possible that I just hadn't tapped into it yet because I feel like I am constantly seeing things that would have been around nine years ago and I just simply didn't know about. But my most important move was deciding that day, looking at those coffee cups, that I needed a big change, that I was ready to do whatever it was going to take to not be tired, to not feel yucky, to not feel like a bad mom, to not feel so low energy, to not have so much extra weight on my body. I was going to do whatever it took. And that's really all I did on that day of those coffee cups. I decided I was going to do whatever it would take and I walked home and I did the normal things that moms do for their little kids. I made dinner, I nursed a child, I put them to bed. It was a pretty normal day, except it was really big because I made that choice. And I believe that that was a Friday or maybe I played hooky the next day. Honestly, I don't remember that part, but... The next day, I decided to go to a yoga class, which was kind of a big deal because I didn't feel very comfortable in my body at that point, but I had done yoga in the past and those clothes stretched enough to still fit me. (laughs) And this yoga class I went to, it was a hot vinyasa class and I had never, I had been to this studio before, I had been to a hot yoga class before, but I had never met this teacher before and she happened to own the studio. And everything about her deeply resonated with me. Everything she said was just what I needed to hear in that day. And I have a mom and a husband who 
talk to anybody. And I find have found myself throughout my life sort of hiding when they go talk to everybody because that is not my personality. But at the end of this class, out of character, I knew I had to introduce myself to this amazing woman whose name is Taylor Wells. And I needed, I I didn't even know what I was going to say to her. I just sort of stood there and waited as other people said, thank you and whatnot. And I I didn't even know what I was going to say. And I I don't even know what I did say. I think I introduced myself. She kind of looked at me like, you know, hi, (laughs) she's so nice. And then I think I said that my office was right there and I was excited to come back. And then she said, what do you do? And I said, I design websites. And she said, oh my God, I need a website. And I said, well, let's talk. And then She said, and what's going on? And I said, you know, I'm really trying to change my health. I want to lose this weight. And she said, come over tomorrow. So I went to her house the next day and she prescribed to me what I call my final diet. And I'm putting my fingers in air quotes right now in front of a microphone that you cannot see because it wasn't really a diet. It was more, well, it was a diet. She was giving me a diet, but the diet that she gave me was just eating real food. And it was the first time, because I had been on diets before, that I had been on anything that prescribed real food and basically just eating a ton of fruits and vegetables and at the time, a ton of raw fruits and vegetables. And so I eliminated all this stuff like gluten and dairy and alcohol and caffeine and meat at that point. And actually, I still don't eat meat, so I don't know why I said at that point. Um, what else? So it was, it was just, it was basically, I ate a lot of fruits, veggies, nuts, seeds. Um, yeah. And it was amazing. And I didn't know how to cook at this point. I made my kids a lot of frozen box stuff. I was married to a cook. So I was eating pretty well because he would eat, cook for us when he got home. Um, and the kids would eat earlier. If I did cook, I was making things, you know, out of bags or getting takeout because we lived in the city at the time. And I got prescribed this diet and I just said, I'm going to do this. Thank God that Taylor wasn't big into cooking either. And it was simple. It was six things. And I knew I could stick to those. And I really did eat very similar things for a couple months because I just needed to feel better. And that's what it was about. It wasn't about diversity at that moment. We'll get more into when I got to diversity in a sec. But besides the food, which I share a lot of what I learned with you guys, I have been for the past seven years. But besides the food, Taylor taught me something really important. And that is the part that I wanted to share with you today. And she taught me this bigger lesson that I could believe that I could have the health that I was desiring, that that was up to me. And that if I believed it, I could have it. And that's what I wanted to get her on the podcast today to dig into with me now, eight years later. (laughs) And Taylor's also actually right now, we've partnered um, in part of both of our business worlds. So I talk to her a lot and I'm really excited to pick her brain and share with you guys what I learned eight years ago. So let's get Taylor Wells on the podcast. How it started for me, Mia, way, way back was I was, um, my 20 year old was a baby and I was at a Unitarian church, um, on 
Newberry Street in Boston. And I was talking to a woman there who was going to help me do a little ceremony for her, like, you know, in lieu of kind of a religious thing. It was, I was going to write it. It was just kind of a welcome to the world type of thing. Um, and I was, I was using the loo there, the potty, and I, I was noticing that there were all these quotes written all over the walls in this bathroom. And yeah, I don't even know if you know this story. I don't. So this is my favorite thing about this podcast. I've never heard this part. <laughs> I love it. How it all started. <laughs> and so I was really, I was in there forever reading these. And I, I, then I realized, oh my God, I've been in here forever. And I walked out and this woman and, 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 and my daughter's father were standing there and they're like, is everything okay in there? And I was like, oh my God, I was reading the, the walls. These are amazing. So I, I realized how good I felt. I was like, gosh, I really love those, those things that she, that people have written down or whatever. So then I, it harkened back to, as a child, I, I learned very, very young that, um, the things that I focused on got bigger. And if I focus on something that I was worried about or that I did not like, it got bigger. And if I focus on something that I was really excited about or I you know, felt fun, that got bigger. And so I learned really, really young um, to have a very determined focus. And I used to call it a Jedi focus because I love Star Wars. When I was nine, Star Wars came out. So I would call it you know, Jedi focus. So, okay, back to the, to the, to the bathroom with all the, the quotes on it. That felt really, really good to read all those quotes. So that, from that moment on, Mia, I started writing down um, sentences and, and thoughts that felt good to me. And if I saw a quote that I liked, I would write it down or whatever. And, um, and I started accruing them and, and I started putting them on on cards and the way that um that started was i was um studying for the gres because i was going back to graduate school for psychology and um and i was studying vocab and i thought wow you know vocab's great and i learned a lot of vocab and i brought my gre score up a lot and that was great and i'd be you know out on walks and i'd be doing my cards and i'd you know do my cards you know the vocabulary you know when i was cooking or brushing my teeth and i was learning all this vocabulary and then i thought wait what about if i put the quotes on cards and i just kind of um you know let that sink into my into my mind and my unconscious um and I'm trying to think of the word that I'm looking for, kind of not IV, but I'll think of the word. It was kind of like- No, just, but I like that because it's, it's interesting. That is like the purpose, is that unconscious sinking, sinking in of the words. Yes. So I love that. Yeah, so it's almost like, yeah, and, and just kind of, um, it'll come to me, but just kind of constantly, um, you know, generating that, um, those, uh, I, I, for some reason, IV is, is coming to me. So you're- Osmosis. You're, you're IVing all these, all these amazing, you know, um, thoughts and, and um, intentions and quotes. So anyway, the pile grew and the pile grew and I had piles and piles of these cards everywhere. And um, I saw my life change very quickly. In fact, that day, that day, my life changed. So that's a really cool thing um, about um, feeding your mind, your unconscious, um, positive thoughts, intentions, words, feelings, whatever, whatever it is for you. And the beautiful thing is everyone is so different. Yeah. So, you know, 
to me, reading something like this moment is as it should be. That to me is more powerful than taking an Ativan, you know, which by the way is an anti-anxiety medicine, which I've never <laughs> taken, but I've heard is fabulous by the way. Um, <laughs> but if I just read that, it's like, it calms me and grounds me because remember I am, um, you know, a Virgo and I am a go-getter and I do have a ton of energy. So I need to calm down and relax and be grounded and know that this moment is as it should be. And, and to, to trust that all moments are unfolding as they should. And so my yoga practice is the physical asana that helps me to do that through the breath and the physical asana. Um, but this mind asana, which is also called Raja yoga, by the way, um, is just as, if not more important for me personally. And I, I would suggest, I was about to say argue, but I wouldn't use that word, right? I would suggest that it is the most important thing for all because not everybody is going to do yoga, uh, physical asana, um, but everybody thinks and everybody has at least 50,000 thoughts every single day, at least. And if you could shift even a fifth of those 10,000 thoughts or even 5,000 thoughts or even 10 thoughts to something positive instead of something that is worrisome or angry or resentful or regretful or jealous you would see immediate you will see immediate changes immediate in this moment and what i love about this is that although i'm trained as a clinical psychologist <clears throat> and i there are many merits to that profession um i think one thing that scares people about psychology is they think, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to pay X amount of dollars to go sit in a chair, you know, for an hour every week for 10 years to see any change, which by the way, is not true, but you know, that's kind of the stereotype. And with this, you are empowered yourself in this moment to choose a thought, to tell, a, to choose a thought that feels better than the thought you just had, to tell a better feeling story. And as you see, as you continue to do that, you will see that that story, that ever improving story will become your life. And that is, is pure power, right? Because everybody has their own stuff. Everybody has stuff. You know, they have their limits, they have this, they have that. What I say to people is, Stop arguing for your limitations. Why are you telling me about your limit? Tell me what you can do and tell me what you like and tell me what you want. Let's focus on that. Yep. And, I, and I think everybody has basically just gotten into a habit, Mia. Um, like if you pop into Starbucks right now in Barrington, Rhode Island, which is where I live, and you just eavesdrop and you walk from table to table, I'm pretty sure that most people are complaining or explaining, okay? And both of them are challenging for your spirit. Complaining, I think for obvious reasons from what I've been saying, explaining is also challenging because it comes from a low vibration of I am not understood. So I need to explain every single thing I'm doing in order to move forward. And the bottom line that I've learned, Mia, through my 52 years on this earth is that if they don't get you, they're not going to get you if you try <laughs> to explain. <laughs> I love that. Um, I can't believe you're 52, but that's a whole other subject. So um, you look amazing. So, so that's so interesting. And just so everybody knows sort of 
how that played out for me because I talk a lot about now about I am statements and actually Taylor has an amazing deck and we'll put the link to that. Is that still online? We'll put the link to that in the show notes. I'm glad you asked. Um, it's actually selling really well and I have three more decks. Um, I'm releasing three new decks. Oh, cool. So we'll put the links to the one that exists and we'll keep sharing about the ones that are coming as they come. Um, because it's really helpful to ha just be able to open a box and be able to have these simple statements that I feel like, I feel like you pull the one you need for that day, you know, just because that's how decks work. <laughs> um, but they're also simple enough that we can always apply them to our life. Mia, but, yeah. I just want to say a quick thing about that. You're spot on about that. And just the reason I wrote the deck, everybody, um, it's because I, I do consulting, um, I call it hip consulting, health, inspiration, and positivity. And I would, you know, tell people about the, the power of their thoughts and their words and I am statements. And, and I'd say, yeah, so just write down, you know, write down these statements, you know, statements that feel good. And people really got stuck with it. And, and they'd be like, well, what should I write? And what should I do? And I'd be like, well, just get, you know, index cards and just here, grab a Sharpie and, and, and make, make them neat. Well, they, they weren't doing it. So I finally, oh, okay, I'll just write you a deck. Like literally that's yeah. how, that's yeah, how I love that. it came about. But you guys can do your own. I'd love you to get my deck and I love my deck and I use it every day, but you can also empower yourself to write your own that really, really fit for you. But go ahead, Mia. Well, and what I was going to say is, uh, so I use the deck all the time. At the beginning, the deck didn't exist. You did write me some cards, I have to admit, like on, uh, you know, on the old school, like cards that you probably use for your vocab words. Um, but I, I felt like as I was writing mine, I had to keep everything really simple at the beginning. And I think at the beginning of any change, whether it's around health or career, you, we just have to keep it simple, especially for busy moms to like get it done. Um, so what I found is that I could only go so far beyond what I believed, right? Like as I was writing, so it started off about my weight and I remember just writing down um, I am, I fit into my jeans from some time that I wanted to fit into my jeans. I don't remember anymore. Um, and I feel like I felt at X time. I think it was when I was living in Europe and I had felt really good. And so those were two things that like, I kind of remembered in my life so I could like believe them. But it was interesting because as I went on, like I would read that card every day and it was funny how so much of what I was going through and like not able to make these changes totally had to do with those beliefs. And as I started to believe that I could actually feel like this time again and fit into these clothes again, it just really started happening. Of course, I changed my food and all that stuff too, but it was the belief part that really kept me going. Um, and then they started to get more and more outrageous, right? Because then like I got off all this medicine. And so then I saw like the more power. So I feel like they get more and more powerful as you start to believe that like the next level is possible. So, so I, I still use them. It never ends. I, I totally agree. And I, I hope I can clarify this one point because it's, it's kind of challenging to put into words. But so when you, I love what you said about, you know, when you're starting something new, start out very simply and just do these simple, but what's so fascinating is your mind, um, you just got into a habit of doing this and it just became the food of your mind and your mind would just eat it up. And so basically you can serve, you know, your mind, you know, junk food or, you know, beautiful food. It's your choice. And what I'm going to say is kind of amazing, but it's true. A simple statement 
at the beginning that was, you know, when you were nervous and you were scared and you didn't know how to do it versus like you said, you know, the statements when you're really amping it up and they're what much more powerful. It's really the exact same thing. It's just that you are, you've been, you've practiced doing it. Yeah. And so really whatever's on that plate, your, your mind is going to gobble up. It's yeah. going to gobble up. So it could be like, you know, this outrage, like you called it outrageous, an outrageous statement. Now the, the, the um, challenge with doing that at the beginning is you're not yet trained. That would be like handing someone yeah. a tennis racket and going, okay, go out and play Wimbledon. What's the matter? Just go out and play. Right. Yeah. But you haven't practiced yet. You need to practice first and then you can go out and play. Um, you know, competitively. So, so I think that's really important for people to hear is that honestly, the quote unquote outrageous statement um, later, like with time and practice will become um, just, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, totally. All right. I hope that you guys enjoyed those strategies from Taylor. She is one of the most energetic people I still know. I think she's about, I think she's actually exactly 10 years older than me. She has five kids. It's just unbelievable what she gets done in a day. That's all I got to say. So after my initial relationship with Taylor and figuring out my food and really understanding how to dream and manifest what I wanted, like the, just knowing that I could do this because it's an ongoing process. It's not like all of a sudden I could have everything I wanted, right? But, you know, it's a process, it's a practice. And if she very much kickstarted that practice for me, which I'm still very much practicing today. But what I wanted to just quickly tell you guys is that I did not love school. I was not a type A, do everything student at, by any means. I actually really struggled through school. I was minor, minorly dyslexic. I played all sorts of games in school. I pretended I knew how to write in third grade. Um, I always got by because I just, I think, feel like my entrepreneurial spirit got me by. I would draw pictures instead of write papers. Um, I would write papers and find one word that repeated through a story and a teacher would think that was really cool. I always showed up. So I made it through school like well. You know, I I went I went to Georgetown first. I didn't love Georgetown. I met three great friends there, four great friends there. Um and then left after 2 years, took some time off and then ended up at the Rhode Island School of Design, which I did love and that was pretty much the first place where I feel like I really took in a lot of information. And then, you know, life went on and I had kids and it wasn't until this phase of understanding that I had so much to learn and so much I wanted to learn that I really felt like, oh my gosh, I really want to learn. I hadn't had that experience in school. So I just want to share that with you because I went a little crazy with what I wanted to learn. I did also have to learn at that point to invest in myself and know that I was worth it and to really understand that I was building this life. And I went through phases where I was investing in myself and phases where I wasn't over the past eight years. So I'm just going to take you through some of the highlights. Now, I'm hoping I didn't leave out any anyone big. I am the queen of supporting fellow entrepreneurs. I love buying people's um, you know, programs that will serve me. 
And I admit that I've bought more than I've probably gotten through. And I will mention as many as possible in this show as as I can. But if I've left anyone off and you're listening, I'm sorry. Okay. So after a couple months of eating amazing food and learning that I was more in control of my life than I knew I was before that, or that my thoughts were more in control of how I felt than I had known before that, I got a little bored of the food. I realized the power of what I was eating, but I needed to learn more. So I literally Googled cooking classes. I I Googled raw vegan cooking classes near me. And the only thing that came up was this cooking class by this woman named Nina Mandelson. You might have heard her because she's been on the podcast. And it was a mile away from me and it was two days away from when I Googled it. And still to this day, we laugh at that because also we share many friends in common. So I feel like we would have met no matter what someday, but I just find it really funny that I found her on Google because I really needed to know how to cook like that day. So I went to her house to this cooking class. This was, she runs very big sort of online programs now and has moved from teaching people how to cook to really helping women fall in love with their bodies. Worth checking out. But I ended up at her house and learned how to cook. And it was so amazing to me because after that class, everything started making more sense to me. I could pay better attention to my husband who knew how to cook, but I I just, I didn't have the tools to even understand what he was doing. Same with my mother-in-law and even cookbooks. Like I understood what they were saying better because I just had been in a class and like understood some of the lingo, saw her chopping things, saw how she mixed things. And for whatever reason, it put together these pieces in my head um, and gave me a whole new set of recipes, which I really needed at that moment. And just going to that class at Nina's house led me to do other things with Nina. And I signed up for her online program for a couple of weeks. And I wanted to share with you my favorite lesson from her. We're going to link to the article because we have a blog post on it from when we had a magazine so that you can read deeper into it. But I'm just going to simply tell you what it was and if it serves you right now. If you're having a hard time finding time for any of this, for health, for yourself, whatever, this is a great tool. And it's called 10-10-10. And basically, it's just planning in the morning three 10-minute segments where you're going to do something super nurturing. So you might make a green smoothie, you might stretch, you might go on a walk, you might take a nap, you might talk with a friend, whatever, you might read a book, whatever feels really great on that day. You could jump rope, you could hula hoop, Um, we could brainstorm this on Facebook for hours, so maybe you guys should do that. Go over to the Plan Simple Meals Facebook page, find this podcast and serve up whatever ideas you have. Um, I will also link to the article, which I think has some ideas in it. But this idea to me was life-changing because I had put a lot of time into changing my food, but I hadn't thought of the rest of it yet. And I was coming from a time of really not paying attention to myself for many years. And so just this idea of allotting time and that it was as simple as 30 minutes or even 10 minutes, three times a day was just amazing for me. And that you could plan for it because it was really important that I knew in the morning when those 10-minute segments were going to happen so that I could make space for them. So that was really big. And then another thing that happened in her class, and 
this is just to show you how things connect, is that I met my now good friend, Dolores, who's actually been on the podcast too. She's a TEDx and speaking coach, and she's amazing. And we became really good friends from phone conversations, you know, late at night trying to figure out how we were going to balance like food and these kids we had <laughs> through Nina's program. And we have since worked together. I've been a client of hers. We've been good friends. We've been accountability buddies, which I'll get into in a second. So I never would have met her if I hadn't have stepped forward into that program. So as my health improved and the weight melted away, I noticed that there was a lot of health gurus out there. And I noticed that they catered to sort of a a hippie, hippie mama audience or just a hippie audience and nothing that they were putting out there seemed that appealing to me. And I was coming from, I had a design firm, don't forget that. And so I was very affected by what things looked like. And now with, with Instagram, I feel like there's so many amazing, you've seen all those beautiful, amazing, healthy food photos. Those didn't exist nine years ago. And so I started to pay attention to that. I started to interview these health gurus. So I was seeing their stuff And at the same time, as I was interviewing them, I also realized that they had this gap in raising their kids that they might be these healthy people spreading all these words and they didn't have very good pictures, but also they, they didn't all bring their kids along for the ride. And so that got me into really looking at parenting. And I found a book called Simplicity Parenting, which was also tied into the school I sent my kids to. And I started... That was a book I started. So I didn't even at that point work with the person who wrote it. I just read the book and I implemented everything in it. I mean, everything. And it changed my life. And Kim John Payne, who wrote that book, has also been on the podcast. So you'll see a pattern here. This is how I meet people and get them on the podcast. Um, But I really dove into his work. I later did do programs that he created. I went to his talks. I did a workshop with him. And I really integrated what, what he had to say. And in doing those two things of starting to talk to these health gurus and really dive into parenting, the business was created. So you now know it as Plan Simple Meals or Plan Simple. It started off being called Stay Basic. And I just started trying to fill this gap. And I tried to, you know, interview people and pass that back in, in a way that was digest the way that I would have wanted to digest it as before I had started this journey. So at this point, I was probably, you know, nine or 10 months into the journey. So people were starting to ask me a lot of questions about why I was glowing, why I had energy, how I lost the weight, all that stuff. So I started a blog. And as I was figuring out how to do this blog, I came across this amazing woman named Holly Becker. She just popped into my feed one day And she was starting her first course on how to blog. Now, she was a blogger who had been around a long time. She did, um, she does, she still does um, design, like she does interiors and she talks a lot about design, home design. And everything about her stuff visually appealed to me, which was my missing link um, as a designer in trying to figure out how I was going to share what I was sharing because everything in my subject area had, wasn't pretty yet. And she launched this course. It was super reasonable. So I said, yes, I gobbled up all the lessons and it was one of the first times. So with the food stuff, I knew I didn't know anything, 
with the business and design stuff, I don't forget I had had this business for 10 years. So I really thought I was pretty savvy. And this was the first time I realized that I had a lot to learn, even in my own field, and that there was so much that I wanted to learn. And at that, a similar time to that blogging course, I really wanted to like be able to show up and show Holly stuff. So I started taking a photography class just at a local museum. So that wasn't even like an online guru type person. I just found a museum. I found a class that was at night after my husband got home and I went and I learned how to use my camera. It was, you know, I had just gotten my first digital camera and I was really excited to take good food pictures with it. And I was talking to so many people that I had, I decided to start this magazine um, because I couldn't, to be honest, figure out how to make the blog look as, as I wanted it to. So I started this magazine and after a while of starting the magazine, I needed help and I realized I was creating a really expensive hobby. And it was at this point that I came across the amazing Marie Forleo. And I don't know if you've heard of her before, but she's amazing. And if you're an entrepreneur, you probably have. And she runs something called B-School, which is an eight-week class basically on, it's like the modern version of business school online. And I had been a designer for so long and I had always looked down on marketing, you guys, like always. I thought it was the worst thing ever, slimy sales, like all that. I did not like it. But Marie really taught me to love it. And that it was really nothing more than discovering what people want, what you have to give, and just serving based on those two pieces. And it sounded really good instead of sleazy. And so through that program, I learned so much. I dove in before I was ready. So I took it over and over again, actually, for a couple of years because she once she lets you in, you get to stay in. And so I kept doing it and it really ended up paying off. And I met my first amazing, like, so I had met Dolores and I had met actually a woman named Deshay, who's been on the podcast as well in Holly Becker's class. I had met Dolores in Nina's class. So I had always sort of picked up one friend at a time. That's how I've lived life. Um, but actually I noticed that Deshay was also in B school. And so that was when I reached out again and was like, we're on the same path. And I started meeting all these amazing people like through a Facebook forum. And it was so amazing, you guys. Like it was just so cool to just be connected with other people who wanted to make the world better, who wanted to have businesses, who wanted to raise kids and have businesses. I had just never seen anything like it, or I wasn't talking enough to the people in carpool line to know that they were doing it if they were, but I, I wasn't feeling this anywhere out. And one of the big lessons that Marie taught me besides all these amazing, like little hacks and tools that have created what is now actually plan simple is she really taught me that everything is figureoutable. There's nothing, there's nothing we can't figure out, especially in this day and age with the Google. We really can figure out any problem. And so this time really started to amplify. And I just felt like a sponge. And as I mentioned earlier, I was a little bit dyslexic, so I have never been a big reader, but I just started picking up books. I also listened to some audiobooks, but I was reading a lot. I read a book by Martha Beck, which changed a lot for me. I read all of Gabby Bernstein's books that she had out at the time, which was less than she has on now on spirituality. 
I read everything I could about business and marketing and clean food. I followed people like on the internet that I was finding that were ahead of me in their food journey and their parenting journey and in their businesses. And I also followed all their breadcrumbs. So as they were sharing stuff and telling about their friends, I was going and looking at their friends. I mean, I was blown away by the amount of amazing people that existed that and I, at the time, was just feeling so isolated, and I just felt like part of this bigger community, and it was amazing. It really kept me going. And I found people like Amy Pearson, who actually hasn't been on the podcast yet, but she will be, and Anna, who will who has been on the podcast and is amazing, and Jill Hope, who hasn't been on the podcast yet, but maybe she will be. And I found them all at the beginning of their journeys, and Amy was teaching about... Um, really showing up without fear. And Anna was teaching, and I'm, I'm saying Anna and because I'm scared to pronounce her last name like live right now because I'm going to say it wrong. Um, but um, she taught me all about home organization and money organization, like all the stuff around the house, like lifestyle stuff. It was amazing. And Jill is an amazing parenting coach. I learned so many tips around raising my girls, but also at the time that I found her, she was doing some work um, that was related to manifesting and writing out your dreams. And I hopped on a session with her and I still have this piece of paper that we mapped out like what I wanted in life. And it's amazing when I look back and see that at least half of it has happened. I mean, it's, it's really unbelievable. And I would always buy their small programs because I found everyone so giving on the internet. I like couldn't imagine that so many people were so giving. And eventually what happened to me in my life was there was this disconnect between this world of amazing people who I wanted to talk with at every second of every day and the carpool line at school or pick up at school. And I was just feeling this weird thing about my real life and my online life. And they didn't feel quite like they melded up. And of course, as I was creating this online life, like if I ever saw somebody who was nearby and one time actually in B school, there was this amazing woman named Heidi Schuster, who will also be on the podcast soon, who was a parent at the school. So I remember I didn't know her yet. And I went running up to her and I was like, oh my gosh, you're in that program with Marie Forleo. So I definitely like sought out people when I could, but I was just feeling this pull of like my physical life and this online world, which was fueling me so much. And so I really wanted to connect with more people. And of course, the second I said that out loud, because this seems to be what happens or to my head, um, I got this email for this half or not even email, I probably got an ad for a half day retreat in Stanford, Connecticut, which isn't so far from me and is very close to my parents. And at the, this point, all the things that I had ever seen, like this thing that I saw were in California. So they were far away. And it was just a half day business retreat um, about marketing with soul. And I just like literally bought a train ticket and got on the train two days later to go to this thing because I knew I needed to meet this woman. And so I went and I was totally overwhelmed. I'm not the best in networking events. Remember that shy girl who had to like step up and go talk to the yoga instructor? Well, I, I was just out of my comfort zone. So what I, that was the first time that I figured out that as an introvert, 
in these situations, which apparently I would put myself into for the next seven years and still plan to these big rooms of amazing women, I've learned to just trust my intuition and find one person. And so on this day, it was the first time I'd ever done it. I found this amazing woman named Donna Cravada. And I introduced myself and I said, hi. And my mom was actually coming to pick me up. She had dropped me off because I had taken the train down and she was coming to pick me up. And I, I just knew that I wouldn't feel successful unless I met one person. So I had this really meaningful conversation with Donna for 10 minutes. She, we, she told me about what she did. She gave me her card. She said I really would benefit if I joined her program, which was all about how to show up on social media. And so I did. The next day I bought her program. And in that program, I started to meet all these people who are still in my life, one of whom is Kim DeYoung. And I'm going to tell you more about her in a little bit. And I ended up joining Fabian's year-long program. And this was the really the biggest thing that I had ever done. And it was a combo of online learning still, but it was also three in-person events. So I could actually hang with these people that were so amazing live um, for a couple days each quarter. It was truly amazing. My big lesson from Fabienne was that I needed to be personally responsible for everything that happens in my life and that this is the cornerstone to having a great life. And what's interesting is this lesson wasn't very different from what I had learned from Taylor, but I had by this point spiraled up. I was at a new place. I could hear new things and the things I needed to take personally responsibility for were different. It was no longer about my body or my weight or my energy. It was more about how I was showing up in the world and serving. And being personally responsible means that you understand that you are fully in control of your life and your results and that you create a life with every action that you take and at the same time, every action that you don't take. The opposite of taking personal responsibility is to blame others and make excuses for your circumstances or for anything that's outside of yourself and to complain. And this was a huge lesson for me that I feel like I still play with today. But she gave us this great tool um, in really helping us to cultivate practices, which really enabled us to be able to take personal responsibility. And that was encouraging us to team up with an accountability buddy. So I want to welcome my great friend, Kelly Grimes, to the show today. She's actually been on the podcast at the very beginning when her work was slightly different and my recording setup wasn't quite as streamlined. So we're going to get her back really soon to talk about her work because she does amazing stuff. But today I asked Kelly to be on to talk accountability because one of the biggest things that came out of investing in teachers and courses and coaches is meeting amazing people and having people who were on similar paths as I was that could help hold me accountable. I mean, I know in the end of the day, it's only me who can show up to my work, but it's amazing how we can talk ourselves out of things that we're supposed to do. And Kelly just became this great accountability partner. So hi, Kelly. Hi, Mia. I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy to have you here. So 
I don't know. How can we explain how this helped both of us? Let's, let's, let's talk about what we did first. So I think it was like four months. We talked really regularly, right? Like almost. I think it was every day. Yeah, every day. Mm-hmm. And just quickly to just explain what was up, what, you know, what was our obstacles, right? Yeah. And what, what I actually loved about it was it gave me structure. So for me, accountability, um, a foundational piece is that there's structure. So I was already thinking about what I was working on, what obstacles I was coming up against, how I had overcome things, any accomplishments that I'd made. And having this regular time that we connected kept me grounded in moving forward because I knew A, if I had a problem, I could reach out to you during that time we already had planned. But also, I was excited to tell you what steps I had taken. Um, And also, was had willingness when you'd ask me, hey, what about this other goal that you had? Um, How, you know, what have you been doing around that? There was a real willingness to receive um, both grace from you if I hadn't, but a little nudge, you know, a little yeah. encouragement and, and also maybe even the curious question of, you know, what, what's getting in your way? Um, that allowed me to have some perspective and um, have more self-awareness. Yeah. And I mean, and we were definitely checking in because we were in this business thing we had invested in together, <laughs> right? So like we were definitely checking in on business, but and I loved, I loved that, what, that you brought up the part about consistency, because I think that was really, really important for me as well, that um, I had to show up, you know, I, I had to show up every day for myself. And, you know, I wanted to have really great things to report to you, or I was so grateful when there wasn't something great that I had, like that I could talk about that, you know, so it was both the celebratory place and the like, oh, shoot, what do I do now? <laughs> Um, Well, and I think along with that, um, it helped me know I wasn't alone. So what I love about, you know, coming together as a group or having um, an accountability partner is those things that I'm struggling with almost all the time. Those are human things that other people struggle with too. And I don't have to get stuck in it if I see it as just part of the process and maybe you're a few steps down the road and you've, you've had, I know you've had some, it was great to be able to um, get feedback from you about whatever it was. I was doing a webinar, whatever you had already done that I hadn't done yet. It was so helpful um, to know, you know, oh yeah, that was a challenge for me too. And then this is how I resolved it. So that around accountability, I think is really, um, sometimes I think people hear the word accountability and it's, uh, people think it's coming from judgment or, you know, kind of a striving, a pushing. I think what we did with accountability, it was a place to show up honestly and authentically and have a commitment to ourselves to grow. And yeah. so, um, you know, I didn't have to do everything right in it. And I could have this reflection of, oh yeah, that that's a common challenge that we face. And how can, um, you know, I share with you or you share with me how you've overcome it so that I have more possibilities and also um, come from it from a really nurturing, uh, excited place rather than a shaming of, well, why didn't I know that? And why didn't I do this? Um, yes. And that's just so, oh my gosh, that's so motivating to me. So there's a motivation connected to this accountability relationship we had that it was a real treasure to me. And I mean, this dives a little bit into what you do, but 
I definitely experience that I shame myself more when I'm alone. Is that, does that, is that true oh, of humans? Oh, I, absolutely. And I yeah. think that shame really um, uh, not only is fostered, but it really takes hold in the darkness. So when we say those things out loud, all of a sudden you see, again, the humanness of it and you can bring self-compassion and kindness to it without thinking it's something wrong with you. I have this phrase, you know, I've made a mistake, but I'm not a mistake. Mm. Shame tells us we're actually the mistake and it's not true at all. But right. when we talk about it or say it out loud, it, it has a lot more power over us. Yeah, and I feel like because we checked in so often with each other on the different things we were working with, and because they weren't always the same things we were working on, and I feel like since we checked in so regularly, like we never let each other have a bad story for too long, and we were pretty good, you know, and then we helped each other create better stories on yeah, that regular basis. Absolutely, and I think that's the thing about accountability. It's also you know, a frame that I live my life, but focusing on our strengths, focusing yeah. on what we are doing well and being sure we're taking time to acknowledge those as much as what are the next things we're working on? Because I feel that, that to really acknowledge what I have accomplished, that gives me, that's like the compost to the next level of growth I have, because it gives me confidence to say, yeah, uh, I've done all of these things. And so I know I've got the, the strength or the qualities, the abilities within to take on this next challenge. Yeah. And what's so interesting, what was really interesting for me and our experience together was that I had just gotten to this point where I was so used to just doing stuff alone, you know, like I, I had my own business. I just felt like I was carrying a lot of weight at home. Like, you know what I mean? Like I just, I had gotten in this habit of, I was more, things were more efficient if I just stepped up and did them. Um, and so perhaps, I don't even know that it's true. I was a couple steps ahead in like the technology side of business, but you were so far ahead in like parenting and your spiritual practices and like just your clarity of words as a, as a social worker and, and counselor. And so I feel like you never know what you're going to get from the next person. And it's just really cool. It's just so interesting and great and amazing to be able to absorb that from someone else and really take it in when you are showing, because as you know, as we each showed up as our authentic selves on a daily basis, stuff just, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just, it's just amazing. I don't even know how to verbalize it. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I also think that our growth is amplified when we come together. Yeah. So when you show up authentically, I get to be blessed by all of your amazing um, commitment to yourself. I mean, all of this is about investment, right? We're yeah. investing in the kind of life that we want to create. And so when we do that, when we witness somebody else doing that, it is to me uh, such a it's like beyond motivating. It's inspiring. It's inspiring to believe that something can be different for me too. And also then to acknowledge the gifts that I bring to that relationship yeah. and, and what things, um, you know, I have cultivated what wisdom and other things that I can share. So that accountability uh, for me is uh, both giving and receiving. And in the self-nurturing work that I do in the world, it really is. Those are the healthiest, most powerful, most rejuvenating relationships where there's this balance of giving and receiving. And we can acknowledge what we contribute and also that we, we have um, the right to receive um, 
you know, all, all of the amazing gifts that another person has to share. Well, that's so funny. You just said that. Cause I don't know if you've opened your flow planner yet, but on the weekly view, I think I can't remember. I don't think it's a daily view. I think it's a weekly view. It's like, what am I going to give and what am I going to receive this week? Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that. And I love um, the intentionality of it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. when we go into uh, relationships where there's accountability, if we already go in with that intention that we'll be giving and receiving, I think that uh, that will amplify the growth that we have in the process as well. Yeah. I love that. And, and just in terms of the other, only other thing I think I wanted to say about accountability that really impacted me at the place I was at when we started talking quite regularly was um, just this idea that I didn't have to do it alone. And I had this idea of like, if I didn't do it alone, who needed to be there to help me? (laughs) And it was kind of like wrong. Like now I feel like I take help from so many people and so many people inspire me and keep me accountable because I realized that when I sort of isolate myself to do everything, first, I don't do everything very well. And also time seems to pass at a much faster rate (laughs) um, than I can get those things done. So I just felt like in those moments, in that time that we connected every single day, I I feel like I got so much done and like not only in like a sense of like get, you know, checking stuff off of a list, but just in living as well. Yeah. And I would, I would also say that what I loved about it is that you were as excited about what I was doing Mm. as I was about what you were doing and really helpful to me too. So it's not only being alone in the tasks, but if you have a passion or a vision of what you want to create in the world, if somebody else is cheering you on and saying, that's a fabulous vision, I'm there with you. I love what you're doing. And I always felt that from you, Mia. And I was so grateful because it gave me confidence in those times when it was challenging to go, yeah, this is really important work I'm doing in the world. All right. So I'm not going to bore you guys with all the details after Kelly and I spoke and after Fabian's program, because there's been a lot of things that I've joined in the past four years since that moment. Those were really the things that opened my eyes up to the fact that I was more in control of my life than I thought I was, and that there was so much to learn and that there were so many resources for which I could learn from. And it's been amazing. And I just thought I'd share with you a couple stories from that. So this isn't going to be the whole inclusive everything's me has done because you would literally be asleep by the end of that. But this is just a couple cool stories of how everything's connected and our instincts of what we want to do come into our lives for a reason and that they're not always the reason that we know. Like obviously my story of weight loss, that was the line I drew in the sand. I really wanted to lose that weight. But to be honest, on the other side was health and it had little to do with the weight. I got off medications that I never, ever thought I could get off of. And I I couldn't see that. I didn't know I needed to get off those medications until I didn't need to take them anymore, until I had no more allergies, until I was getting my period all on my own, like until I never had another antibiotic in eight years or nine years. I just, I didn't know that that was something I was striving for. So after those experiences that I had, I learned a couple things. And one of them was that I loved the fact that there was live events and retreats and things that I could show up to and meet people in real life. Because 
as I said, there became this disconnect of my online life and my friends at school. And I was having a hard time walking that line at some point about five years ago. And one of the events I went to was just right here in Boston. It was an event that somebody who I had met in B-School, one of the only Boston people, was putting on. And I went to her event, and you guys know that I had the strategy of just sort of introducing myself to one person, and that's what I did on that day. And this day, it was actually Sue's coach, the person who had helped her put on the event, and she had also written a book about crowdfunding. So I bought the book. I was just drawn to her. I had a little conversation with her. I brought the book home. I read the book in, I think, a night. I was fascinated. And that is really what planted the seed for me later being able to crowdfund my book. And I ended up following everything that that book said that Patty had written. And I eventually reached out to her and she really helped me through that whole process. And we had a really successful Kickstarter for that book. Now, I fully admit I've since then had a second not successful Kickstarter, and I'm debating whether to do a third one to really prove to myself that I can do it again. But the first one was amazing. And one of the reasons that Patty, I think, paid attention to me when I called her and said I was implementing her book, because at that point, I didn't hire her for anything. She was being, this was all out of her heart, and it was amazing, is that so remember how I introduced myself to Donna Cravada when I first met Fabian? I had joined her online program and in her sort of Facebook forum, I kept seeing this woman named Kim DeYoung who was helping moms. And so at some point I reached out to her and we had a relationship and then she wasn't so far away either and was having a retreat um, in Connecticut, a business retreat. And it was interesting to me. And so I said I would go and support her. And so I went to that event and at the table, there was only 12 people and one of them was Patty Lennon. And so we became friends on that day. We saw each other and, you know, it's like kind of like these little seeds, these little, I feel like it's Hansel and Gretel following those crumbs. And it led to this amazing friendship. Since then, I've hired Patty for things. I've done her courses. I've had I've become friends. We've become friends and it's amazing. And I couldn't have seen that, made that up um, if I hadn't just followed some breadcrumbs and trusted my gut um, to do the things that I did. So for the past three years, I've really searched for mentors wherever I need to act upgrade an aspect of my life. So, you know, it really started with food and wellness and parenting, and that's what became my work. And then once I figured out that I wanted that to become my work, then as you heard, I dove into a lot of very general, but amazing business stuff. And after I was done with that, I realized how nuanced this could be and how amazing, how I was really in control of you know, I had learned that I was really, I had learned the stuff that Taylor was teaching me. I had actually experienced it. So it, it had seeped in deeper than just hearing it from her. And that whole idea of personal responsibility that Fabienne had taught me. And I realized that I could choose to do things and then find support for them. And I could create this life. So as I was choosing to do things, I would find mentors. So when I needed to write a book, you know, I had found Patty for crowdfunding. The reason that I had the idea to crowdfund to begin with is because I had broken my wrist and I could my right wrist and I couldn't type. And at that time, it's when everything was coming, everything was downloading, everything I needed to write in the book was coming into my head and I like literally couldn't do it. And I had met somebody who helped 
other people write books via transcription. And I wanted to hire him and I couldn't because he was really expensive. And that's where the Kickstarter came from. But so he helped me write my book. And then I decided that I was going to take kids out of school and go on a book tour. And I needed to learn how to speak better because I was the quiet kid. Remember, I was super embarrassed when my mom or my husband would introduce themselves to people. That's how I learned how to introduce myself to one person in a room. And I need to learn how to speak. And so I hired someone named Lex Vernon, who's also been on the podcast. She's an amazing, she has a gift for just helping people craft their story in a way that the room can really understand it and it can impact people and, and lead them to take action. And so I hired her and she really helped me craft my talk. And I have to tell you guys that I had made this choice that I wanted to speak. Like I felt really drawn to speaking, that this was a way that I could make an impact. I could teach what I wanted to teach and it just felt really good. And so I had, I knew I wanted to do that. So I found her, I started working with her. I paid her, which should be enough motivation to like really show up. But at some point in the process, I just remember her telling me like, Mia, you got to take this seriously. Like you can't just show up. Like even though you know this content inside out, there is an art. It is a, it is theater. Like speaking is like theater. Like this is a real performance that you're putting on and you have to show up and you have to practice. And I had been fighting practicing. I think I just didn't even think of it that way. I was just thinking of it as me telling stories and I was winging it and I was, I thought I was comfortable winging it. But when she told me that it was sort of like a, it was a kick in the butt and it was just what I needed to hear. And I never could have gotten to that point if I didn't have her in my court. So I'm super grateful to that. And other people that I've worked with along the way, you know, I've needed to upgrade my parenting, my relationships. For relationships, I love Stacey Martino. She was on an early podcast. I've already told you guys about Kim John Payne. Money is something that after I really dove into business, I realized I had a lot of stuff I needed to deal with about money and about mindset around money. And so I've worked with mentors around that and really tried to um, switch up my my money mindset. And I started, I have taken courses, but I've also read books. Um, we're going to have Barry Tesler on the podcast soon. She's, a, she's an example of a book I read. She wrote The Art of Money and I followed her book. Like I had the personal responsibility at that moment to follow her book and really go through the work. Eventually I actually got stuck because it got really emotional and it wasn't toward the end though. I just hit that point where I really needed support and I ended up going into somebody's program to get through the part of, you know, the actual like hard number part. And so it's just amazing how we really just need to be open to learning and open to receiving help. And it's just been amazing. So another skill that I learned is from my friend, Jenny Fennig. Um, This was only about a year ago. I realized that my teaching, the way I taught was hugely influenced by having owned a graphic design company. And as a graphic designer, I was really a consultant. So I really had to come in with answers as more of the expert and tell people what they needed. And I found that that was just a habit that I carried over into the wellness 
space that I'm now in. And I was, I felt like I was telling people what they should do. And number one, I wasn't sure I was qualified, which is a mindset thing that I'm also working on because I am qualified, but I'm not a doctor. And I don't really want to tell people about this because what I found is that we all have to go back to that step one of drawing the line in the sand. And we all have to take personal responsibility. And that's the only way that we can make the changes that we want to make in our wellness. And me telling you that you can't eat this or you should eat that or try this practice, that's not going to help if you don't believe that you deeply need that change now. And so I worked with Jenny Fennig, who has a coaching school, and I really learned the difference between coaching and consulting and how to show up as a coach and how to really help people find their inner desire for change. And it was amazing. And I I couldn't have made that up. I couldn't have known how to do that. That was never anything I learned. And it's definitely a skill. And she's great at teaching it. And so, of course, there's been little things along the way, you know, from Facebook ads to learning how to show up on Facebook Live to learning how to podcast, how to create this podcast. I mean, all these things I do in my life, I have taken a class or asked a friend or worked with a mentor or read a book. I couldn't have known how to do all this without having learned some skills. So one thing that I want to point out before we wrap up this episode is that I've shared a lot of things. Well, I've shared connecting with friends like Kelly and I shared, and we both mutually benefited each other. I have other situations like that. Um, There's three women who I met along the way, and we meet in New York, you know, four to two to four times a year. And we spend a day and we really get into each other's businesses and we're not paying each other anything. But a lot of what I've shared has been instances where I've paid for something. So I just want to be clear that it doesn't always have to cost a lot of money. So there's a lot of 12-step fellowships and 12-step fellowships all have this built into them, right? They have this idea of mentorship and accountability built into them. So those are great to check out. You know, I know there's ones around money and around time and around eating. So if that resonates with you, that's something you could check out. Um, I've done a lot of free challenges myself. I've created them for my business. And I feel like that's a big thing that us entrepreneurs wanting to serve are doing is free challenges. Many times they are leading into something, a paid program. So free challenges, free webinars, many times they lead. But if you listen to them and really implement what they have to say, you can make changes in your life. It's just you end up paying to have more of that handholding and that accountability, which in the end, I really do believe we need. But I believe that you can also, you could get that from your community if you're um, proactive about it. You just need to be proactive about it. Books, and the books are big. I've made tons of changes from books, you guys. You can... You can read a book and you can implement it. And if you have that responsibility to implement it, it, you'll have the same benefits of that, of someone's program, because usually people either write a book after they've had a program, which is what I did, or they've written a book and then created a program out of that. So many times programs are based on books and it's just a question of you having the discipline to get through it and to take action because nothing changes without action. We can learn, 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 learn. But if we're not taking action, which you guys know I'm big on, the end of these podcasts, I always share three doable changes. At the end of this one, I'm actually going to share a checklist so that you have 
you can see all the actions that I've mentioned within this because I think there's actually more than three in this one case. Um, so you can go to the show notes and download that checklist. Just go to the plansimplemeals.com website and find the checklist. It's just a little different than usual, but this is a different format than usual. So that's why I'm doing it. All right. So here's the deal. This has been my journey. It's amazing. I'm so excited for everything that I still can learn, all the mentors that I haven't met yet, all the conferences and retreats I haven't been to. It's just so exciting to me living in this time as somebody who didn't love school. I'm just loving learning and it's exciting. And it's funny because my kids actually all three really do love learning and I can't help but wonder if it's because we're learning so much right now. Their parents are learning so much right now. I don't know. Maybe they're just smarter than I was, which is totally possible as well. Um, but I am launching this thing that I keep telling you guys about called Flow 365. There's now actually a page about it up. So you can go to plansimplemeals.com slash flow 365 if you want to read about it. There's a link there where you can give me your name and email. Um, if you're already on my list, you can just do it again. You'll get um, a summer planning guide and you'll get some directions about next steps. I have a questionnaire to fill out I, because, I again, I am taking 40 people. And then we'll hop on the phone. If you want to bypass all that, you know that this is a great move. You can do the way that I've been sharing on the past episodes, which is just email me at mia at plansimplemeals.com and we will figure out how we can hop on the phone and talk about whether this is a good fit for you. So one of the classes that I'm doing right now is by Sarah Jenks, who's been on the podcast before, Whole Women. It's a membership thing actually. So it's like each month you get served up um, some spiritual practices. It's all based on the moon. It's an area of my life that I'm trying to cultivate right now, which is just a deep meditation practice, a morning routine that really serves me and just trusting more instead of working harder. And it's amazing. I love it. And the reason I'm sharing that with you is because she recently shared a story with me and it really reminded me of what I'm doing now. And it's that same amazing mentor that we both started with just at different times is Marie Forleo who did B-School. And Sarah actually started with her the first year she ever did it. And because she did that, she ended up going on a retreat with her. Like it was a different, she had a different business at that time. And now she serves thousands of people every year and she still hops on the phone and does Q and A's in the middle of it all. But it's just different because she's serving so many more people. She can only show up a certain way now where back at the beginning, she was serving less people and it was the beginning and she was wanting to learn and she could show up in a different way. So whatever. I'm not Marie Forleo, but I do have a plan. I am. I do have a current mentor who's helping me really figure out how this body of work will make its way to as many people as possible. This body of work, meaning really making the time for your health and wellness as you're balancing that with family and work. And so it's really about time management and how we're fitting all this stuff together, how we're putting these puzzle pieces together. And it's about the accountability of 
of that, of really making time to have a vision around these areas of food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, really have a casting a vision 90 days at a time, and then really showing up to that vision and doing the things that you want to do and saying no to the things that you don't want to do. That's what this whole thing is about. That's what this year is about. And so I'm working with a mentor because I am so, I feel like I've fallen into my elements. I loved making the flow planner. I always knew I wanted to make the world a healthier place, but I fully admit it's taken me a couple years to figure out just how to do that. Um, and I really feel like this is, this is the how we still have all our cooking classes online. We still have programs around food, but I really have found the more and more people I work with is that it's less about, you know, we need to learn how to cook. We need to learn all these things. But at the end of the day, it's about making the time, making the time to show up to dinner, making the time to move food forward throughout the day, um, figuring out how you're going to get groceries into the house the most efficient way, figuring out whether that's relaxing to go to the grocery store, whether you need to have a different, a different philosophy for that so or a different system for that. So it's really about that. And I want to grow it. I want to grow this body of work. So this is all to say that I'm learning from my friend, Sarah, who jumped in early with Marie because of what an experience that would have been. I would have loved it. I jumped in five years later and had an amazing experience, but it was just different. And so I'm hoping that this experience will always be amazing. I know it will always be amazing, but I do hope that it grows and, be, and evolves and becomes different. So I just want to throw that out to you that if this sounds great, and you're ready to draw that line in the sand for yourself around your time and your health and your food and your family, and you really want to be able to upgrade all those different parts of your personal life while you are working and doing all these things, ha having all these hats that we put on as moms, then I highly recommend stepping up now. And the women who have signed up, some of them are, are actually are at the very beginning of their business and other ones are very far into their business. So where you are in your business matters less for this. It's just more a personality thing that we are a group of people who might put others, might put our business before we put ourselves. And this is really a moment to claim ourselves, claim our practices and show up to the world and to our families as the best version of ourselves. All right, you guys, that's what I got for today. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple Podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review. That really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.